Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Round one is in the bag, done and dusted, and we uh, all eyes ahead are looking towards uh, round two now, and teams have obviously dropped yesterday as well, so there's plenty to discuss, and Nick, uh, how'd you go, mate? I think you did a little bit uh, better than me in, in the first week. Mate, what a tough week, hey? Good to be back on the pod with you again, mate, for another week, but what a tough week round one was. Um, yeah, I had a 962. Uh, which didn't actually end up being too bad, all things considered. Top 15%, 18,000th overall. Uh, Tommy Turbo got some nice upgrades as captain. Um, obviously had Katoa in my starting team, which didn't help. And about a half an hour before the Panthers game, um, put Latu into my 17 instead of switched out Kakao. Um, so it's a, you know, it's a case of could have been a 10-20, a 10-30 very easily, uh, but... Just one of those weekend, weekends, isn't it, mate? That has you wondering why do we play this game? Yeah, definitely. The uh, the Wenons had a tough week as well, uh, finishing with nine hundred and fourteen. Got a couple of um, upgrades at the final um, final review of scores uh, on Monday, which was nice. Um, but yeah, so we finished with nine hundred and fourteen. But I did have Teddy as captain, so um, you know he could have easily have scored seventy to eighty points. So it could have been very, very different. Um, I mean, apart from Teddy, mate, to be honest, I was quite happy with how our side performed outside of uh, maybe um, TKO as well. So everybody else in there was all right with. I had Latu um, on the bench, so he wasn't in my 17. Unfortunately, he had Kakao um, also not in my 17 as well. But, um, you yeah, know, I started with, uh, with Rocco and, and very happy with that. He performed well. Um, Lodge in the 17, I think that he was fine. And, you know, the rest of the players pretty much talked to themselves and, um, you know, maybe in the backs, hard luck cases for uh, Mitchell Moses with a sin bin and a HIA, but still he did well with 35 points. And then uh, the two Raiders guys as well, I think, uh, were a tad unlucky not to score um, a little bit better, particularly BJ, who um, bombed a try over the line. So, um, yeah, pretty happy with the weddings, man. There's nothing too drastic for me. I mean, if, you, if you're reading Twitter and having a bit of a look around, people are starting to freak out, aren't they? And, and look to start making trades after after the first week. And, and, you know, if we go by last year as an example as well, when you're seeing some of the top 20 scores in round one, including the likes of Joel Thompson, Bryce Goodwin, David Fisatua, it's not really, um, you know, we don't need to go and make trades now if we don't need to. No, mate, completely agree. You know, like exactly like you just said, even though my team scored less than 1,000, there's no one in particular who I can really single out Look, mate, maybe Latu, but I'm all for giving these guys another week. You know, you never know. Latu scores a try and it, next week and all of a sudden he's up to 50 or 60. Um, and the one point I did want to make is obviously these round one scores, um, for anyone who's new to Supercoach, they only apply or sorry, they only sort of count towards the first price rise. So the price rises are calculated off a three-round historical rolling average. So once you get to round four, this this round one score will be forgotten in a player's price anyway. So really, when you're thinking price rises, it's the most irrelevant score of the whole year. Um, so a bad score can very easily be rectified by a decent score this week. Um, I mean, I hate bringing in rookies until you know they're going to play a third game. You know, so the likes of Tanganoa, Rocco, etc. If you had them in week one, obviously well done and you're not going to sell them. But 
I just don't like bringing them in for week two because you never know what's going to happen. Rocco is very injury prone in particular. He might not even get a third game. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, maybe if you've got Katoa in the outside backs, if you missed out on Asako or Kenna, I would definitely endorse that trade. And obviously Tarpany um, looks like he's going to be out for a while. But aside from them, I just don't see the point in throwing away, you know, a summer's worth of research to jump off um, the likes of Tedesco, for example. Kalen Ponga in, Tedesco out is the seventh most popular trade. And sure, Ponga played well, but, I mean, Tedesco's going to be a great player this year. There is you, you either chose one of those two to start with and you stick with it. There's no point in making those sort of trades. Yeah, no, you make fantastic points there. I mean, the research you've done has said, no, I'm going to pick uh, Tedesco ahead of a Ponga or a Yeah, Boyevich, exactly. And yeah. just off the back of one game, you're not going to make that change. I mean, if you look at the, all the three games across those, those gun fullbacks, um, you know, Tedesco should have scored a try and had a line break, dropped a clean ball, which is very much unlike him, probably just had a lot of nerves. So he scores 70 or 80 any other week. Um, Tom Travojevic, you know, was an inch off tunning it up. There were so many times that he went very, very close to, you know, making a big play. And then Ponga, um, you know, scored a significant amount of his points within the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, and then, you know, had, uh, you know, converted all of his goals as well. So that's not going to happen each week. I, I don't think um, whichever way you've gone with those three backs in your strategy, I don't think anyone's made a wrong decision. I think all three players look fantastic. And it just depends if you've gone with uh, Ponga and maybe one of the guns, it, it, you know, how have you spent your cash elsewhere? Have you spent it on a gallon and then he's bombed? So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be touching any of our legitimate keepers, which Tedesco is. Um, I mean, if we look at the, some of the, the top traded out players at the moment, there's Lani Latu, Tiana Katoa, um, TKO and Bevan French um, also joining James Tedesco in the top five. I mean, we can just talk to them very briefly now, Nick. And Latu, I can't understand why he's been traded out by over 7,000 people at the moment. Um, it, it's come to fruition today that he actually dislocated his finger in the first uh, half and then played the rest of the game with that. So I think that that definitely has an impact on his his output because he's not going to be offloading. He's also going to be struggling with his tackles as well. And it had to have had an impact on his minutes. So I'm definitely giving him another another week at least to see what happens. Um, uh, Katoa, um, you know, that, that makes perfect sense. As you see, we don't have to spend too much time. And TKO, I'm probably he's probably the one player that I'm looking at now, and seriously considering getting rid of him this week, just because what all what I, the reason for why I picked him was the goal kicking and um, a couple of other things there, and then, you know that hasn't um, eventuated. So you know I got it wrong potentially with TKO. So now you can fix your um, fix the mistake, and, and there are some fantastic options. We'll talk. Um, through in a little bit later, you know, hovering just above that $300,000 mark. Yeah, agree completely. I didn't know that about uh, Latu's finger, so that that makes sense, and hopefully a few people will, will reverse those trades. But, um, yeah, selling Tedesco, Jared Croker, Milford, the fifth, sixth, and seventh most sold, like selling Milford after he had one down week where he's got a run of games now at Suncorp, a good draw over the next month, It's that's just ludicrous. Yeah, and he's... You know, his average away from Suncorp is, I think, 50 or around about that, where he averages um, close to 80 at Suncorp. So we always knew that this was going to happen. He's also coming off a, you know, a pretty big injury as well. So uh, and, and also against a, um, a very good Dragon side. So it wasn't surprising in the way that he performed. So um, you can't get off him completely agree. Croker, I mean, that's almost similar to a TKO in terms of you, you probably had a bit of a um, a shot of the dark about going for him over the likes of a, a BJ or something, but yeah, definitely one week is is um, you know is you can't judge it. He had a HIA as well, um, so he was off, and he definitely didn't look right after that massive hit by Hurrell. So I wouldn't be moving on him. 
No, exactly. Like you say, 67 minutes. And, you know, Sangster said on his podcast last night, you know, if if any of us got smashed by Hurrell, we'd probably run to the hills and, and never be seen again. So he did pretty well just to get back out there and get you 21 points, to be honest. And, yeah, that first game's not going to have a huge impact on his price. So there's just – there's no point in selling him, I don't think. So, yeah, unless you've got – unless you've got a Katoa and you missed on one of the rooks or – TKO, who I wasn't too keen on anyway to begin with. Um, I yeah, I don't think you should be trading this week. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I, uh, the only, only, as I said, the only player I'm playing looking at is TKO, just because I potentially want to give myself two full trades next week to get the the rookies in and the rookies right before their first price rise. But um, I definitely wouldn't be advocating trading a keeper or a gun. So with that said and done, mate, should we just? work straight through the game. So we're going to have a, a bit of a different approach this year, um, you know, rather than working through the news, which is generally the team selection and then looking at, you know, what are some of the, the big trades. How we thought we'd structure it this time around is going through each of the upcoming games and then just talking to any players of note, um, you know, as we work through them, which I think would cover exactly what we've done previously. So let's start with the Sharks versus the Dragons this Thursday night uh, at 8 o'clock at Southern Cross Stadium. So... Um, from a team news perspective there, so Aaron Gray replaces uh, Katoa on the wing uh, and Paul Gallen uh, returns to the starting side with Kurt Capewell moving to the bench. So Gallen's probably our first player of um, of note to discuss. So he scored 40 in 45 minutes. So obviously that's a, you know, something that not many of us were expecting, but uh, you know some of the more shrewd um, super coaches out there would have known that he you know, had limited trial time. So, you know, the, the slow return is probably something to be expected um, in hindsight. So he's one of those players that you just got to hold. Um, you know, he'd probably take one or two games to return to full fitness, but, you know, he's going to be fantastic going forward. Yeah, agree. It's a disappointing first week output, but definitely hold him. We know he's a gun. He'll come right. Um, we've spoken about Katoa from the Sharks. And then my boy Fafida, 57 and 58 minutes, top score for the Sharks for the game. So obviously the uh, the Supercoach uh, scores for the Sharks were very down in this game, but 51 in base, a couple of errors. Um, look, the minutes were definitely there, and obviously Gallon having limited involvement usually leads to Fafita scoring more points. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's selling him, and he should increase this week. It'd be good to have him potentially as a VC option uh, tomorrow night and Townsend kicked goals for the Sharks and not Holmes or anyone else. So what about the uh, what's happening with the um, uh, with the Dragons, mate? Have they, have they made any changes? Mate, minimal changes, super coach-wise. Saleh's back to the bench and Lattimore is in to the side as well. So nothing really super coach relevant there. Uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, they absolutely smashed the Broncos out there at Cogra Oval. Widop did what Widop does at Cogra with 106 points, uh, 28 of those coming from goals. Vaughan, 52 in 56 minutes, all in base, missing the attacking stats that he had early on last season. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, get, get a bit of an attacking run going at any stage. DeBellin, 79 with a try. And then Lay Lua, 13, and he also backed up in Reggie's on Sunday, doing it old school there. Um, what do you think he's, I don't think he's really worth selling. He's so cheap. Um, you know, maybe you go to a Tanganoa or someone next week, but I'm going to have another look at him this week. Yeah, no, I'm quite thankful that I dodged that bullet, mate. So if I had him, I would be, um, yeah, holding this week, but then looking to maybe move him on, um, you know, in round three before the first price rise, if Tanganoa holds his spot, but you know, Tengenau could be out by week four or five, so that could be a very much a wasted trade. Um, Widop is just a lock any single time he plays at Cobra. He averages over 90 there. So uh, for all those playing play on or the, some of the other um, daily fantasy games out there, whenever you see he, him lining up at Cobra, he should be your first pick. And yeah, you, you've nailed it, mate, with Vaughan. Without those attacking stats, you know, it just can't. Uh, you know, he won't get close to it, and, and that's why a lot of us thought that he was overpriced this year. So the next game of the round is the Roosters versus the Bulldogs on Friday night at 6pm at Allianz Stadium. Um, so Luke Keery returns this week, um, which is a huge boost, um, particularly for the likes of Mitchell and Tupu. 
And uh, Boy Cordner uh, has been named to start after coming off the bench with Madison um, moving back to the bench. So there, the big talking point for me, mate, is just uh, TKO. So he he had thirty eight um, points of forty nine minutes and no kicking. So Latrell did all the goal kicking. Yeah, and yeah, look, like I said, I wasn't too keen on TKO in the preseason. I I know people thought he was going to kick, but. Obviously not going to happen. Uh, and you made a good point earlier about wanting the two trades for next week to just to, you know, finesse some of those rookie selections. So, um, yeah, I would – I've got no problem if – I know I just said about five minutes ago that I wouldn't trade in round one, but I've got no problem if people want to sell TKO because I just – I don't think he's going to be that 60-plus player that he was, you know, two or three years ago. Yeah, I agree. So, Teddy, we've spoken – uh, about don't need to uh, dwell on him any further, except that I will probably be putting the captain's armband on him against the Bulldogs side. Oh, um, VC or straight C? Straight C, straight C. But oh. no, no, v, my VC options are playing on the Thursday night. So um, the Bulldogs leaked a lot of points against the Storm um, and looked pretty um, shithouse in defence, to be frank. So I'm expecting the the Roosters with Kiri back in to um, to score a lot of points on Friday night and. You know, Tedesco was extremely close to putting on a, a big big score, so uh, I'm just going to get back there and, and hopefully is it more of a pod um, captain selection. And, and the uh, couple of other players of note there is Latrell Mitchell, so he was one of the hype players. Um, and I was one of the, the main, you know, big advocate of, of not selecting him. Um, however, with the full-time kicking, uh, you know, duties now, it appears, we'll just see what happens this week, but... You know that is a huge plus for him, and and the fact that he scored thirty points without doing much, um, you know, is also a positive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did. I actually watched a bit of. Yeah, I watched most of the Roosters Tigers, and like you've noted here, they really went down Ferguson's side. Um, you know, Ferguson and Manu down that side were really um, busting the Tigers open a few times. So, yeah, a little bit concerned as a Mitchell owner. To be honest, I'll be I'll be very interested to see what happens this game if they go back to his side or not. Yeah, but I think with the kicking duties, he should, he should at least hold his average, um, and then you can you know look to to move him on in a couple of weeks if he if he doesn't perform. Uh, and then we've spoken to Ferguson before. You know he he looked really good, and and they did go down that edge a lot. But let's see what happens with Kiri back in the side uh, for the Bulldogs. So um, no changes there. Uh, Aaron Woods was someone that I was very interested in before uh, the start of the start of the season, and he performed really well for his first game at Belmore with 65 points in 57 minutes and 51 of those in in base points. So he's definitely one um, that I'm, you know, keeping a very close eye on, particularly with the, the limited amount of guns in the front row. Yeah, definitely. I didn't realize that he scored 65. Um, I didn't believe you, so I had to look it up. But that's that's a good score. Like you say, guns in the front row are minimal. So, yeah, I'd be keen on Woods. Price is not going to jump up hugely. Um, Break-even will probably be around that 60 average come round three. So he could be around four or five trade-in uh, if he continues going on the way that he went in round one. And Fitella Marin is the other interesting player from the Bulldogs. 76 points. It did include a try, though. Um, base stats around the 35 to 40 mark. So... Like to see a bit more from him before jumping on, but definitely positive signs there, playing the full 80. Mate, you're doing well with the stats and all the facts uh, this podcast. Is it, Are you a little bit more prepared this week? Yeah, a little bit prepared. Yep, yep, definitely. You've um, with the Between the two of us, we did a, a good little run sheet here, and I've got uh, nrlsupercoachstats.com open at the same time. So trying to trying to bring a bit more, uh, a few more facts to the show this year. <laughs> yeah, NRL, <laughs> nrlsupercoachstats.com is legit. Love it. I was on there today um, using the, the pivot tables and, and all that stuff, and that is fantastic. So if anyone hasn't um, you know, go on to that site and had a bit, bit of a look. It is a fantastic free product and, um, you know, love everything that they're doing uh, over there. So strongly endorse that. Uh, the next game, Brisbane Broncos versus the Cowboys. I'll be there. I'm pretty pumped. It's going to be a, a – well, these games are generally, um, you know, down to one or two points. So it should be fantastic. Um, so for the Broncos, McCulloch returns to the starting side uh, and Sam Thayde moves to the bench while um, – Tom Apichik replaces the suspended um, Sua, Sua on the uh, interchange. And I guess with um, Thayde moving to the bench, that uh, 
you know, that, that has a bit of an impact from the super coach perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It really opens up more minutes for Pangai. Um, he was a bit of a late, you know, late option last week after being named in the starting side, uh, well, you know, that sort of hour before kickoff. So I didn't get a chance to have a good look at him um, and even consider bringing him in. But 57 in 46 minutes, looks like his break even is going to be around about zero come um, come round three. So look, he's probably going to jump up about 30K in that first price rise. Um Starting front row this week, really like the look of him as a mid-pricer, and he'd be one who I would be very keen to look to bring in potentially or this week if, if you wanted, but next week. But I think there's there's little risk with him. Um, he's in the side. He's locked in. Yeah, I like the look of him. Yeah, he's definitely uh, the other guy is going to be SA as well that we'll talk about a little bit later on, but priced at that um, you know, 330000 Dollar mark. Um, he's someone that I'm strongly considering at the moment as a downgrade from TKO with um, you know, points per minute of 1.2 and he had 39 base points as well last week. The only issue I have is, you know, what does Wayne Bennett do? So, uh, you know, he obviously started this week, but what happens, um, you know, does he actually move back to the bench with Friday starting? And, you know, he, he, it's very hard to predict. So while she said there's limited risk, I'm actually seeing a bit of risk with this. Um, you know, he needs the 40 minutes to score well. Um, oh, sorry, he only needs 40 minutes to score well. So that is a, a massive positive. But, um, you know, it, it is a bit of still a bit of a risky pick, but he certainly looked fantastic and um, looked like he was going to, you know, to offload effectively every hit up. So um, he's a, uh, a ready made super coach weapon um, there. Uh, Milford, we've already spoken to. Just stick with him. Don't worry about trading him out. He'll be fine. He's um, got some. Three easy games or easy-ish games coming up, so um, you know just just hold him. And then Matthew Lodge returning to the NRL. He's a, a very popular player. Scored forty-five points in fifty-seven minutes, and you know reports on that he had a terrible game. I actually thought that um, he did, you know, relatively speaking, quite well. It, it must have been the the toughest, you know, fifty-seven minutes of his uh, footballing career with everything that was happening and, and the booze that he was receiving. But you know, to score forty-five minutes, uh, points, he made a Made a couple of errors, which is negative six. So that's you know that's that's pushing over fifty points from a two hundred thousand dollar player, uh, and the fifty seven minutes is positive as well. So he looks like he's going to be a very solid cow. Yeah, definitely agree. It'll be interesting when McCulloch um, increases his workload. You know, McCulloch only played forty six, Maguire only played sixty. Uh, so it'll be interesting once those guys push up towards eighty. Where do the minutes, you know, who do, who do the minutes come off? I think Lodge will lose a few minutes. Um, and I take your point on Pangai. He might lose a few minutes there as well because Matt Gillette only played 68 or so. So it's going to be interesting over the next month or so, that makeup of that Broncos forward pack well, mate, and I, how the minutes get shared. To be completely honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see Thiday get dropped. Um, you know, he looked horrible and fat um, on uh, last Thursday and, and, you know, with um, you've got Corey Oates, which is pushing for a, a forward bench spot, and there's a few other guys there that are, you know, up and coming. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Thiday to be the man to make way as Bennett looks to um, start to promote some and blood some of his younger uh, forwards. We know that Thiday won't be there next year, so potentially he's the guy to, to make way. Um, so for the Cowboys, there are no changes. Michael Gordon Morgan, I think, is a, a slight, a very slight chance of coming back in, but. Um, he looks like that he'll take his place inside next week. Um, so Tamalolo was one of the players that we had listed on the side as a bust, and he kind of put cream pie, pie in our face, mate, with uh, 66 points, 53 minutes, and uh, 53 of those in base points. So another massive performance from Tamalolo. Yeah, very solid there from Lolo. Only sort of seven or eight points below his season average from last year. He's, yeah... He's going to be solid. He might dip in price a bit, you know, maybe around six or so. You might get him 50 grand cheaper than what he is now, but he's he's looking like a good option again this year. Uh, Matt Scott only played the 33 minutes and 35 points. He'll increase his minutes over time. And you, I know you've been on Gavin Cooper and you've had him in, in prior years as well. You seem to really like this bloke for some reason. Well, I mean, just with JT in the side, he scores uh, substantially – Better. So I think he dropped down to a mid-40 
um, point average last year. But all the years before that, he was, you know, high 50s, low 60s with JT in the side. And, you know, the first game back with JT, he scores 57 points in 80 minutes. I mean, that did have a try, but he's, he is at a, an edge uh, forward and he does, uh, you know, score quite a few tries. So he did have 32 base points. So I don't think he's a keeper, but, um, you know, he isn't the worst pot option as a, uh, you know, a mid-pricer who um, should increase up to, um, you know, being just just below the gun category and be a very easy upgrade. Yep. Yeah, and that game, uh, Cowboys versus Sharks, was there was minimal supercoach points scored all round. So it's it's pretty solid output, 57 points and 66 for Taumalolo there. Mate, next game, Warriors-Titans. Now, I'm going to go over to the to New Zealand after the grand final for the parade. Are you coming or what? Mate, the Titans will beat the Warriors this weekend. <laughs> Mate, they've already planned the parade, okay? Mate, that's a, that's a stake bet. <laughs> Mate, really? The Titans are in New Zealand? Yep. All right, deal. Lock it in. Sweet. Can't wait for that stake. Lock it in. No changes for either team in this matchup, so we'll just talk through some of the players of interest from round one, and we'll start with the Warriors back row. So Papa Lee had 58 in 80 minutes and Sao 46 in 40 minutes and Tohu Harris 68 in 80 minutes with 44 from base. So, look, I mean, it's it's up in the air until Mannering comes back. If you picked up one of these guys initially, um, you know, you're going to stick with him and see what happens when Mannering comes back. But I personally couldn't bring either of them in just with that uncertainty. Yeah, no, not looking at either of these players. I mean, if you started with them, good luck to you, but I wouldn't be trading um, them in. There's just uh, too much risk uh, with both for me. Uh, Toe Harris is, a, um, a, a, I think, a very good option, um, 68 points in 80 minutes. But, um, you know, there was 40, 44 points from base, so that is a little bit concerning. But, you know, he looks set to play huge minutes at the Storm and, um, sorry, at the, at the Warriors coming from the Storm. So I'm expecting him to... to have a good season and, and will be should be a pod option throughout the whole year. Yeah, definitely, mate. And SJ, I think he's a really good captain option this week. Uh, if you have a look at Semi's article, uh, which just went up on the site today, his scores against the Titans in like the last six to eight week, six to eight games are just huge. So have a look at that and consider locking him in as captain. Uh, we mentioned no changes for the Gold Coast. Quite a few players of interest, though. So let's start with three of the cheaper players. Cartwright with 43 in 52 minutes. Latu, we've sort of spoken about 24 and 40 minutes. We both think give him another week, especially with that news that he dislocated a finger early on. And then Sammy, 64 points, obviously played the full game, 29 base. Uh, I think he picked up a try to obviously get up to that 64. Um Mate, if I mean, if you've got Katoa to Sammy, you probably wouldn't do it this week, but that could be an option for next week, couldn't it? Yeah, I just want to see another week. I was really surprised to see the 29 base points when I was looking through it today. Um, was not, did not expect him to be doing that much work, but if he gets through that again this weekend, then, you know, the low 200s, uh, despite playing in a, uh, the Titan side, I think that he um, is looming as a fantastic trade-in. Yeah, he's definitely done a lot better than I thought he would initially and and watched a bit of this game as well. Uh, not the whole game, but watched a bit. And he, yeah, he actually looked quite good. I was I was impressed. Yeah, I mean, there should be some points in the in the Titans this year, but I think they'll concede a lot. So, you know, Sammy could be a, a better cow than what we were expecting. Um, Cartwright, so he played the 52 minutes. What I thought was really interesting was that um, his his substitutions were were very odd. So he had a huge break uh, in between when he went off um, to when he came back on in like the sixty eighth minute. So I kind of think that maybe there was a niggle or something happened with him because um, Ryan James was only off for four minutes. So he played seventy six minutes in the game, which again is is probably not what they were planning to do. So yeah, I, I, another person that I definitely wouldn't be writing off. I mean, you know, that's that's pretty good point per minute considering that major, all of his stats were. Uh, you know, were, were from base. Yeah, definitely. I think it's pretty solid, to be honest. 43 points in his first game um, for a new club. I don't think you can really complain. Mate, Jai Arrow, 38 in 48 minutes. That's pretty solid. I thought he actually looked quite good. 
Will Matthews, 47 in 55 points, 55 minutes, sorry, available in the center wing. I did not realize that. He could be a bit of a pod option out there if you wanted a bit more stability. Uh, Ryan James with 60 points, 54 in base, good output. And Ash Taylor, even though he scored 95, he's far too inconsistent. I brought him in as buy coverage last year. And it was the death of my side, um, even though it was probably dead before I did that. There's no <laughs> no way I could recommend getting on him. Yeah, I mean, he only produced 11 base points on the weekend. So that that is horrible. So, um, you know, his variation between his good and his bad is is pretty big. So, yeah, he's a player that I wouldn't be going uh, near. Or Although I'm expecting him to have a, a solid season uh, in 2018. Uh, Will Matthews is the one for me just to keep an eye on. So he's priced at the same as Sammy and also available in the same position. Uh, 47 points, as you said, in 55 minutes, 29 base points. So um, he's going to be probably more consistent than Sammy, you'd think, week in, week out. Um, you know, won't score those tries. And the minutes is the big thing. Will he continue to get the 50-plus minutes? I'm not sure. So um, depends what happens with Cardi. Uh, that's why I think, you know, Cardi's minutes are a bit down due to something that hasn't been uh, made public for whatever reason. So Matthews played probably uh, more minutes than the normal, and and then uh, you know also same with uh, with James. Yep, agreed, mate. All right, well that's four games down. Should we take a bit of a break to hear from our sponsors and then come back and wrap this thing up? I think that's a great idea. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, back here for the last four games of the week, the last eight teams. we got Panthers and Rabbitohs, the second game on Saturday. Penrith have got uh, Campbell Gillard back into the starting side along with Kakao, although both of them came off the bench last week. So be interesting to see how they go with their final lineup. No other changes for the side. So like we mentioned earlier, Kakao was named to start, dropped back to the bench, played 35 minutes, injured himself. Still scored 87 points, including a try. Just beast. He's in beast mode. He is, mate. Hopefully he can keep keep doing that. I mean, the 35 minutes is is a worry, but, um, you know, shipping back to the starting side this week. So let's see what happens. Merrin, 73 in 50 minutes with 56 of that in base is a very good. Like that as a Merrin owner. Nathan Cleary, 83 points. He's he's a gun. He should have a good year. Dylan Edwards, not much spoken about him, obviously, with the, the plethora of other very strong options at fullback, but had a great debut season last year, 73 points in round one. Pod, but with those other three guys at fullback, I don't think he's really going to come into consideration, is he? Yeah, well, I think he's a pod, um, but it's a risky selection to make. I think he's probably more a... Um an option for the draft, um, you know, component of the game, uh, rather than the rather than Super Coach Classic. But you know that he could be, um, you know, a, a player that that could you know produce a hundred points in the weeks that you know a Teddy or a Turbo, um, you know, produces sixty to seventy points. But it's hard to go past those two guns, as you pointed out. Yeah, Maloney, three points. What the hell happened there? I didn't watch all of this game. Um, Penrith versus Para, but three points is a joke. His price is obviously going to really dip, uh, and he has been a good super coach player in the past, so he could be a pot option in your halves in about five or six weeks' time. And Mansour, 40 points uh, coming back from that ACL. 
not the worst score, really, to be honest. Yeah, not the worst score, and 32 points of that came from base. And I mean, you know, he's had nearly six months under his belt um, returning from injury, so he should be pretty much 100% now, you'd think. Um, so if I'm a Mansour owner, I'm not panicking. Um, you know, Peachy didn't pass in the ball, as we kind of expected, but... Um, you know, I still think without the try, um, the 32 points in base is, is really good. So um, I'd be also just holding on to him for a bit. Uh, you know, with, with, with Maloney, he's obviously not kicking goals this season. So that probably makes him, you know, not relevant at all from a super coach perspective. And, you know, with, with Cleary just dominating an attack, um, Maloney is, is probably gonna, just going to be a, a forgotten option. Yeah, yeah, fair point. I forgot about those goals. Mate, lucky someone here is steering the ship, right? That's correct. It's uh, It's been 10 long years of me steering you around, mate. <laughs> right, a few interesting changes here for the Rabbits. Obviously, Reynolds is out, so um, I'll have a crack at this. I don't really know how to say it properly, but Doahi um, is in at halfback, obviously played quite well in the World Cup, so interesting to see how he goes. Burgess to prop. Cam Murray into lock and old mate Nichols back to the bench, which is a little bit annoying. Fui Moano is in for Heimel Hunt on the interchange. So a bit doing there at the Rabbits, isn't there, given it's only round two? Yeah, plenty doing there. Um, Nichols is the real concerning one. People are you know, flocking to trade uh, Latu out, but uh, for me the real concern is Nichols. He um, – Produced a very bad score in his last trial match and, and produced pretty much the similar thing with 27 points in 41 minutes. So um, he's a he'll be a very slow-burning cow and may not earn that much money at all. But given he is locked into that side, you, you probably just you were not going to trade him out. Um, Damien Cook proved to be the the player that we thought that he was going to be and, and well worth his money at the moment. So he had 67 points in 80 minutes and. And uh, I know here you're saying that he might even kick goals this week with Reynolds out. Yeah, well, that's what Sangster um, and co. were saying on their pod. Uh, Doherty, I don't think, is the best goal kicker. So there's a potential that Cook may kick goals, which would even, you know, maybe add six, eight points to his score. So could be a big week coming up for Cook. Hopefully we find that out from Wacko and co. later in the week. Totola, 28 points in 23 minutes. All base stats, so good PPM, but limited minutes, not an option. But Burgess, 63 points, 57 from base. I know I rubbished him in the preseason. That's a good output in round one. Uh, still not for mine, but as, if he can stay healthy uh, and keep his anger in check, he could be a good option again this year. But Angus Crichton, mate, I think he's the more interesting one. Definitely 69 points in 80 minutes and 51 of those from base, uh, from base and he had three errors. So, you know, that could have been a you know, a 75-point game. So um, he looms as a, a definite pod, a uh, fantastic pod at your elite gun category in the, the second row. And, and he's a player that I'm definitely keeping my eye on going forward. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to drop too much in value. No, I don't think he'll drop. But I think once these rookies start to, start to fatten up, he... He'll be one of the first ones that I try to look to bring in, you know, around round six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. And what about Gagai, mate? So he is his first uh, game for the Rabbitohs, and he performed really well with 61 points, um, 31 of those coming from base, and he also had three errors too. So um, there was a few people talking about him in the preseason, uh, potentially having a breakout year super coach wise um, you know, lining up in the centres where he's performed best in Supercoach historically. So is he someone that you're interested in at all? Yeah, he, at 477K, he's really in that sort of Gagai, Croker, Mansour, Hayne, BJ. You know, there's a big gang of them all around that price. Um, I'd probably have, you know, maybe Gagai and BJ um, at the top of the list, followed by Hayne and Mansour and Croker. So I don't think uh, – I mean, it's it's stupid, but he's he's not a must-have, but, I mean, anyone can work that out. But, yeah, he looked okay. Looked okay. Should make a bit of cash, but I don't I don't think he'll move too far from that sort of 500K price range. Yeah, I mean, the base stats are, are very good there, and um, we see year in, year out that the top five center wings are not the same. Um, it's always changing. It's extremely hard to predict. So Gago could be one of those ones that – that does make that jump into the you know the, the elite centre wing and it all depends I guess on how um, Souths play this year but 
you know, Gagai is coming into the, the prime in his career and, and is, uh, you know, playing with a side that is a lot better than what the Newcastle outfit were over the last couple of years. So he's another player on a watch list for me. Uh, and then Kendall, we've spoken to him, so two tries for 80 points. He is a lock. Um, uh, you know, a player that we need to, to have to, for cash generation. However, um, I, I don't know if he is a, a, a you know, a, a starting um, 17 kind of guy and, and people might get caught out this week locking him into the side. Um, you know, I think the Panthers uh, should beat the Rabbitohs, so he, he might be, um, you know, might not score too well. Yeah, so for those of us who started Katoa, obviously we can't start him this week. So I think there's going to be a Kenna versus Isako decision for a lot of people this week. I've put Kenna in my side at the moment. Obviously, Broncos' tough matchup against North Queensland, not usually more than sort of 18 or 20 points in those outings. Um, who would you who would you start out of Kenna and Asako? I'd go Asako um, playing at Suncorp. I think he... He was fantastic last week and, um, you know, produced quite a um, – although he did score the try, um, you know, he did look really, really good and, and um, you know, I think that he's got plenty of points in him, as I do the Broncos this week as well. Um, whereas, you know, Kenner is probably relies a little bit more on, on the tries. So, um, yeah, I'll be probably picking, picking Asako over him and, and that's probably likely to be a bit of a pod option as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think most people would go Kenner um, after that eighty-point outing, but we shall see. All right, three more games. Let's get them done. Storm versus Tigers is the late game Saturday night. Billy Slater is back for his three hundredth. Munster to five eight. Riley Jacks out of the side. So I think the Storm are going to absolutely annihilate the Tigers this week. Uh, Cameron Smith is my captain for sure. Uh, I will let you say why you don't think he's your captain in a second. But Jay Brom, 45 points from 48 minutes. I never liked Jay Brom this year, um, but I'm not going to write him off after one week. Let's see what happens. Nass, 58 points in 34 minutes, only 32 in base. Still a very good um, output for him. And Munster, he's just an awesome footy player to watch. Turned up in week one. Back into the halves this weekend. Interesting to see how he goes. Um, but he, along with Crichton, will be the first two upgrades that I aim to do in my team this year, I think. Yeah, right. Well, I conveniently left Cody Walker off the run sheet as well, mate, and also Munster, because those were the two guys that I um, had wanted in my side all preseason and just conveniently managed to not start with them uh, in round one, and, and both had fantastic games. Uh, Munster obviously moves. Away from fullback though to the half, so that that'll impact his scoring output. Um, I think he averaged around about sixty there last year, but yeah, he looked fantastic. Um, Bromwich just looks like he's done and dusted. Wolfram made a really good point um, the week before um, kickoff, where you know he hasn't really. Yes, he he averaged in the sixties in two thousand sixteen, but he pretty much did nothing from about halfway through that season. So um, I think he's done and dusted. And then Smith, um, whilst he looks looms as a really safe captain option, the only risk that I see is because I think that the, that the Storm will win thirteen plus. That you know what happens if they're up by twenty or so points with twenty minutes to go? Does he come off the field um, and just get rested? I, I just because it's a milestone game, I don't think he will. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't proclaim to be a Storm expert by any means, but. That would have me um, leaning towards him staying on and playing the full 80. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think, though, that um, there is a risk there with, um, you know, with them going big and, and then him getting a bit of a, a send-off, um, whether it be 10 minutes or 15 minutes, probably more likely than 10 minutes. And, you know, that's going to impact your um, impact your scoring output. Yeah, he'll probably be on 120 by then. So <laughs> that's all right. Uh, okay, so what about the Tigers? They also had a fantastic game. Last week and surprise win over the Roosters. Um, no change, or only one change there with Madalino um, named to start, and Eisenhuth uh, will come off the bench. So, a player of interest here, mate, is Ethan Masters. So, 72 points in 80 minutes, no for who? Yeah, what a beast. Hey, Masters and Corey Thompson in that last sort of 15 minutes when the game really opened up, they were just carving the Roosters up down that side. Masters with 72 and Corey Thompson with 97. They they both looked awesome. Masters is 473K 
Corey Thompson 319. Masters is too expensive, um, but Corey Thompson 319 is interesting. Big score in round one. I would not be bringing him in this week, but I'm interested to see what he scores. Yeah, you know, despite the price, uh, Masters um, appeals to me a lot more than Corey Thompson. Um, 36 points in base, and that's fantastic for, for where he's playing. So um, if he can hold his place in the side and produce a similar kind of uh, base performance this week, then he's going to become very, very interesting. Um, Rocco, we've already spoken about uh, 61 points in 80 minutes. Uh, I was commenting on this on a, a chat that, that we have. Um, on WhatsApp, and, and uh, although he wasn't scoring that well throughout the first half, he was, for mine, the best uh, player on the field for the Tigers. And, uh, you know, thankfully those scores came um, over the second half, and, and he looked really good. So I think he retains his spot uh, and played the 80 minutes uh, on the edge as well. Um, and Lolo here. Um, so there's a bit of talk about him not making the, the 17 for the Tigers, um, with Thompson starting at fullback, but... Lolo, who did start at fullback and scored 64 points with 30 of those from base and his kicking goals. So, you know, he is, for me, is a bit of a pot option and he's available at 5'8 and fullback. So that's pretty handy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Four, yeah, 472K. Not the worst option there. And like you've got here, Eisenhuth, mate, he's a beast. 53 points, 52 minutes, all base. Um, exactly what you've got here. If he gets more minutes, he could be the next Nathan Brown. He just looked awesome out there, a big boy, you know, hitting it up hard, getting through a heap of work. I was really impressed by his game. Yeah, no, agree. Uh, and then what happened with Madalino? So he only played 34 minutes. I know he, he didn't come off the bench for a long time. Um, any any reason for that? Look, not sure, not sure. I think um, maybe they're just easing him in, uh, but I, I'd be guessing, to be honest. But, yeah, I was interested in him initially in the preseason, didn't go with him. Uh, and I don't don't think he's an option at the moment. Whilst some of these younger forwards, you know, Alex Twall played really well, um, and Eisenhuth, well, they're sort of looking strong. And then Rocco and the other boys in the back row are, are playing big minutes also. Yeah, and we did talk to Corey Thompson, but he had 97 points and 34 from base. So a, a guy that's playing on the wing, that's fantastic. And then Twall as well. Um, so I haven't seen him before, but he looked really good. 43 points in 39 minutes is a... He's a big, rangy uh, forward, and um, you know he could look like he'd get the offload away or two. Forty-one points from his and base, so he's probably a player to, to monitor as well. Yeah, unfortunately, he's already four hundred k. Played about eight games last year, I think. So probably irrelevant given that price. But they've got some good young forwards there at the Tigers. Yeah, that's a dagger. Yeah, I know that's a killer, isn't it? And Eisenhuth is five hundred k. Yeah. I mean, you know, these guys got blooded in the back half of last year, so unfortunately their prices are already quite high. Yeah, the Eisenhuth one was, uh, you know, I remember him picking him up as a cheaper player last year, and unfortunately he's only available uh, in the second row. Um, you know, I was hoping that he potentially could have been dual centre wing second row, but he's a dual second row, front row forward. Um, but, yeah, you're right, he's far too expensive at the moment. But, um, you know, he keeps playing those 50-odd-minute games, his price will decrease, and, and then we'll see what happens. For sure. All right, Manly versus Para on the early game Sunday afternoon. So for Manly, Matthew Wright is out and Brad Parker is in. I don't know why. I'm not sure if it's injury or not, but Brad Parker, um, cheapy to watch there. And Jackson Hastings and Lloyd Perrett come in for Lewis Brown and Frank Winterstein. So a lot of changes for a team that only lost by one point uh, in golden points. So let's see what happens. Obviously, Lewis Brown and Frank Winterstein played a grand total of one minute between them. Uh, Lachlan Croker, 23 points. Looked looked pretty decent from an NRL perspective, so better days ahead for him. Tanganoa, we spoke about him. I, I sort of rubbished him a bit in the preseason, but I was very impressed with his game. Uh, almost a point per minute, and he's one to hold and potentially jump on next week if he can retain his spot for round three. Jake Jabojevic played 89 minutes and only scored 59 points. Not ideal. Would have liked to see, you know, a few more attacking stats from him. Lost a few points due to errors and penalties, but uh, obviously, obviously not worrying, are we? But it would have been good to see a higher score there from Jake. Yeah, I mean that's a bit concerning considering the minutes he played. Um, you know, that's sixty-five points there without the errors. So that's probably, um, you know, if he's, he gives you sixty-five each game, then you're going to be relatively happy. Um, but but yeah, we probably expected a little bit more there based on what we saw in the the trials. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Tapau, um, 80 points in 50 minutes, typical Tapau game, looked very good. Tommy Turbo, 73, just an inch off a ton, had some a couple of opportunities that just went astray there. And Coruscant's an interesting one, 79 points in 80 minutes. A lot of people went the Smithy-Cook combination there at Hooker, but Coruscant could be a point of difference there to slot in alongside Cameron Smith potentially. Yeah, and before um, people go in and jump and get Tanganoa, um, you know, played the 47 minutes and, as you said, just a, a shy below um, of one point per minute. But with Lloyd Perrett coming into the side this week, um, just interesting to see what happens with those minutes and whether they do take a bit of a hit. Definitely. Um, yeah, you know, like we said, they played two two of their bench forwards, played one minute between them. Uh, Tanganoa played 47 yeah, Sean Lane only played 33. Uh, he was quite impressive, so there could potentially be more minutes coming there for him as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think I I think I said um, if you got him, you'd be happy so far. But I wouldn't be getting him this week. I'd be waiting one more week. Yeah. So Hastings replaces Brown, and you know, as a utility, and then you've got Parrot, who comes into the side as probably a much more established uh, front row for the Winterstein. I think Winterstein historically has sort of played on the edge or played but predominantly in the back row. So um, you would think that Parrott will fit straight into that uh, front row rotation. Um, so Tanganoa, I mean, if he does get the 45 minutes um, again this week, even with the, the way they're shaping up on the bench, I know that they do have um, Lussick to come back into the side. Um, so that's an additional risk because if you've got Parrott and Lussick there as well, then Tanganoa's minutes are surely going to have to decrease. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a wait and see. For mine, no changes for the Eels. Nathan Brown managed 74 points in only 59 minutes. It was quite a hot day out there in the West for this game, uh, 50 of those from base. Hayne, 36, not impressive. And Moses, we mentioned him at the top of the show, 35 points. Had a Simbin and a head knock, so you just got to take that as what it is. Missed all of his goals. And Josh Hoffman, 84 points with two tries. Pretty irrelevant there, but look, I think I've got Brown and I've got Moses, and I'll I'll definitely be holding those two guys. Yeah, really happy what I saw from both of them. Um, you know, thirty-five points is fantastic considering that he you know got negative ten from the sim bin and then was off for um, uh, for ten minutes with the HIA. So I think collectively he only played fifty-five or so minutes. Um, so you know that that impacts a lot. And then uh, yeah, as you said, Brown just looked really good. So. Um, he should continue to hold him his spot as you know amongst the the top three center second row forwards this year. Yeah, and Kane Evans, twenty five points. What a joke of a player he is. Say no more. Raiders and Knights is the last game for the week uh, for the Raiders. Like we said, Tarpany's out with a broken finger. Whitehead is into the second row. Bateman starts at lock, and Charlie Gubb comes onto the bench for his debut uh, for the Raiders. Croker, we mentioned him at the top, 21 points. Havili, 50 in 30 minutes, but with a try. Um, 30 minutes is particularly concerning there. And if I was a Havili owner, I'd be doing everything I could to try and get him up to Cook or um, Coruscant this week. Now, BJ and Rapana both scored 50. I think both scored exactly 50. Yeah, BJ had a try. Rapana just got through a lot of work. What are you thinking about both of these guys? I, I, I mean, I think that they're both holds. Obviously, hopefully, Rapana in particular can increase his output in the coming weeks. Mate, I was extremely shocked to see that um, that BJ only scored fifty points. I think before the final score review, he was on sixty plus. Um, he did have the try, and you know, just looked looked like he got through a heap, a um, couple of tackle breaks, and um, plenty of uh, well, I thought plenty of work anyway, but. He got um, reduced down to 50 points, and that was a definite bummer. I mean, he bombed a try over the line, so he would have had another 17 points and then potentially maybe um, some more there too. So he was looking at maybe a 70-point game. So I thought he played really well and was very um, you know, happy with that selection, so I'll be holding him. And then Rapana, just an absolute super coach gun. No tries. Um, I'm not even sure if he had a line break, but 50 points for a winger is just exceptional. Yeah, very good. 
I'll be keeping him. He look, he's a potential captain option if you want to wait until the last game of the week. He's he's worth a look against the Knights this week, I think. Uh, Elliot Whitehead shifted to the edge when Tarpany went off and his score included a try as well. So he would have been around about 40 in base. The Knights obviously had a good win there over Manly by a point in extra time and as such have no changes this week. Herman SSA is uh, interesting. Like you said, comparable to Pangai, 64 points in 52 minutes. Which one of these guys would you prefer? SSA may be in line for more minutes, it might appear. Man, I want both if I can. So I'll be trying to do, and I haven't done the math yet to see if I can, but it would probably be a TKO down to one. And then uh, depending on what happens next week, a Latu up to, um, uh, to to one of them. So I really want to have both of those guys in my side. But yeah, I think it's a flip of the coin. Let's just see what happens this week. Uh, this big guy has just clocked over 52 minutes and he had 56 points in base. So um, at his price range, that's seriously impressive. Yeah, it's very good, very good. I think he's definitely one to consider bringing in next week. Slade Griffin, 82 with a try, 47 from base, played big minutes, um, slightly inflated with the extra time, but pretty impressed by him, to be honest. I'd, I wouldn't be jumping on him this week. Uh, if he started with him, well done. If not, wait until next week. Mitch Barnett, 52. Aiden Guerra, 57. Ponga is a gun. And Connor Watson, he was he was pretty solid actually, coming in with fifty seven points. So a bit more than I thought he would end up on, actually, to be honest. So there's some good signs for the Knights there. Yeah, and no, I thought that um, uh, that Watson looked really good, and um, the fact that he was able to stay on the field for eighty minutes and not um, go off, which some people thought that he was, you know, going to do. Um, you know, he should be a very very solid cow. Uh, and yeah, Griffin's an interesting one because we've actually got four or five really good choices now in that second row and, and front row um, cheapy. So we've already spoken about Rocco. Um, you know, we've got uh, Pangai. So they've got these two Knights guys as well. So it's going to be an interesting choice to, to see uh, what we, you know, what happens. But, you know, I think Griffin for me is probably last. Um, you know, he had 47 points at base, but then he had um, 70 at the, the try, obviously. And I think he also had, um, uh, just looking at his other sets now, he also had a line break too. So you take those out and, um, you know, I think his score was pretty inflated, whereas SASA with the 64 points and the 56 of those coming from base is, um, you know, whilst he is more expensive, is a, a far better option uh, for mine. All right, mate. Well, that look, that brings us to the end of the eight games for the week. So we usually wrap up the pod with trades. Um, I'm, I'm not going to make any, all I'm going to do to my team this week is take the reserve off Latu and put it on Kakao. Uh, and I'm going to run with Smithy as captain instead of, uh, Tommy Turbo, which I went with last week. I was going to do Fafita vice captain, but I take your point. Um, Katoa and Lomax will be locked out after that Thursday night game. So there's no real loophole options for me with regards to those two players. So I think the I'll I'll leave the VC on for feeder, but it's pretty irrelevant. I think that's all I'm going to do. What about you? Um, well, I mean, ideally no trades, but um, as we have highlighted, there's quite a few cheapies coming through in the the front and the second row, which I do want to get on. So um, and also you've got to replace guitar in the backs as well. So that's three trades uh, potentially that we need to make before the first price rise. So. That's why this week I'll have a, a hard, long, hard think about it, but maybe Tiko is the guy to make way um, for um, SASA or uh, or Pangai um, and just to free up a bit of cash. And also I've got uh, Kikau and also Watson as non-playing reserves at the moment. So by losing uh, Tiko, I'm not really, you know, I shouldn't be losing too many points, I think, if I, I trade him out. So um, that'll be the only one, and then that'll free some cash up to make two trades next week to bring in, you know, the, the, the really good cheapies, um, which is super important to get that right, um, just for the cash generation going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you jump on the break-evens here, um, the guys who are looking like going up the most in price next week, and it all depends on this week's performance, obviously, but you've got Cacao, Corey Thompson, Hoffman, Griffin, Kenner, Walker Blake, uh, Matt Frawley, Sammy, Fatella Mariner, 
Rocco, Sam Williams. So you've got a couple of guys in there at higher prices who absolutely smashed round one. And then the cheaper guys are really the Kakao, Griffin, Kenner, Sammy, Rocco, Papali, Asako. Um, so you've got to make sure that you know that you nail most of those guys, which I think most of us have already got. Maybe maybe sort of Slade Griffin and Rocco would be the ones that some people wouldn't have, like myself. Yeah, and and I guess how, how would you approach that situation where you've got um, you know some cheaper cows? Which I know you're you're um, very good at this, but in terms of you know figuring out um, you know what the cash they're likely to generate. So just say if you've got a Tangadoa or a Latu, for example, um, and they're going to generate cash, hopefully um, might be some slow burns versus a SASA and a um, uh, Pangai, um, who are priced, you know, that mid mid price region over 300k. Um, you know, what would you do? Would you go down to the the cheaper guys, or go up to these these uh, you know mid prices that look like they could potentially be having breakout years? It, yeah, look, it de- obviously depends on the quality of the cheaper guys, but I'd probably go down to the cheaper guys just because. There's, you know, there's the chance that they might nab some attacking stats or a try or something, and then all of a sudden they've averaged the same as the mid-pricer over a three- or four-week period, but obviously because they start from a lower base, they're going to increase more in value. Um, so if you think that, that they can score comparably to the mid-pricer, obviously the cheaper guy makes sense, but those sort of SASA Pangai Jr. are probably going to average 10 to 15 more than these guys. So it's really a question of cash generation early versus points. And this year with the buys being largely irrelevant, I think runs on the board also needs to be considered. So it's a tough one. It's a yeah. tough one, mate. And I think what we all, what I completely forgot about too, but worth noting is that the Knights game also went to golden point as well. So there was an additional, I think almost 10 minutes there. So, Whilst SASA looks like he's played a, a massive game with 52 minutes, I think there was five of the, or so of those minutes played in extra time. Uh, and also for Griffin as well, he, he obviously played, um, a, well, pretty sure that he would have played some time in, in in Golden Point as well. So hence why we always say don't trade the first week, just wait because, you know, TKO might come out this week, regain the goal kicking, play 50 minutes, score 70 points, and then SASA might go, might go back to the 40 minutes per game. And then you know produce fifty points. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll just be frustrated because you know you've made one or two trades, and all your players who you trade score exactly the same. But just long term, mate. Supercoach is a marathon, not a sprint. That long is, season, long that, season. That is correct, mate. So, hey, what do you reckon? Are you a little bit more confident than what you've historically been, or do you just think I've got this in the bag like most seasons? No, I think that I'll um I think I'll get you this year. I mean our teams are pretty similar, so it's just gonna come down to selections each week, captains and reserves, which I'm absolutely shocking at. I can never get that right. And then it'll be obviously mid season trades and you you once AFL season starts, you usually lose interest. So I'll start I think I'll just move further ahead. Mate, there's no way I can lose interest because Carlton's so shit, so I've got. Uh, I'll just continue following the rugby league, but, <laughs> but uh, mate, you could do worse than just put the captain on Cam Smith every week and just take the the sixty five to seventy points, uh, double that, and then you know you, you're pretty much you're, you're pretty safe. Yeah, it's just these reserves. You know, you're looking at you look at Kakao, Cartwright, Watson, Isako. You know, they. It's just. It just does my head in each week trying to work out who's going to score more, and you never get it right. Yeah, well, I don't think. I think if Kakao's one of you guys, you, you're looking at considering he played for 35 minutes last week, I, I probably would be maintaining him as a non-playing reserve. Outside of the 17. Yeah, I think so. Like, if you take the try out, I think there was a line break there too. Um, whilst he looked really, really good, a lot of people are going to be throwing straight into. Um, uh, to the side, I can see him having a little bit of a um, a regression this week. So just pulling up his stats uh, in detail from last week. So um, he had he had two line breaks, mate, and he also had a try. So he's not going to get that every week. So I can see him producing thirty five to forty points this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would have taken that last week compared to Latu's twenty four. <laughs> but what you'll find is that pretty much everyone will start with him, and also Kenner. And uh, I would go the other way. Okay. Okay. 
Well, we shall see, mate. We shall see, shouldn't we? We should. And uh, on that, mate, that's a wrap. Uh, week one is done and week two is starting tomorrow night. So um, pretty excited for the game and um, I hope you have a nice week. And, and thanks, guys, for um, downloading and listening again. Um, we've got a heat coming up over the next couple of days. So we've got Buy, uh, Sell, Hold, which should be up um, very soon. Um, we've also got Wacko's Whispers back and um, heaps of other uh, stuff. And, and also, I'm not sure if you've seen, but live chat is back up and available um, pre-lockout. So just if you, you want to come and talk about your team selections or your captains, there's no better place to do it than uh, nrlsupercoachtalk.com with the live chat uh, that happens within our weekly scores. And... Uh, uh, and chat and mate, we need to do a little bit better, better with our banner curse. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, you, I always do it, and every time you try to take over, you always, you always stuff it up. You've got it this so, week, mate. You've got it. You've got the. Uh, you've got it until right. you stuff up, and then I'll take over. Okay, deal. Thanks for listening, guys. Speak to you next week. Big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save